It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Yeah. I want to ball like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she was shot for the team. I was in high school dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching games like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she was shot for the team. I was in high school dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching games like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton. And joins me on the other line, the uh, lead writer over at Ridiculous Upside, the best G League site on the internet, Mr. Dakota Schmidt. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing good. Um, and Troy, I'm you know, excited to be on the Lockdown Wizards podcast, and I'm especially excited to talk uh, G League basketball because as the uh, time that we're recording, we're just um, a little more than 24 hours away from the uh, first games of the season uh, tipping off. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to cover some G League basketball. I, I got my first taste of G League basketball last year covering the Capital City Go-Go in their inaugural season. And so what, what, what I learned about the G League is that it, it's full of very, very talented basketball players and really even more so talented people just around the industry. So you have talented coaches, you have talented scouts, you have talented people who are, you know, working their way through this industry. And, and I very much respect everything that, that you're doing. That's why I'm very appreciative of you taking the time to come on this podcast and, and talk some D League hoops. Oh, uh, yeah, most definitely. And I agree with you on how there are talented people across the G League, you know, not just on the court, but coaches, executives, and even, you know, broadcasters and a lot of those um 
uh, coaches, executives, people in all categories have also, you know, moved on to the NBA or, you know, big time college levels. Like Gary Stackhouse, the former head coach of Raptors Town 5, he's now the uh, head coach of uh, Vanderbilt, who are, who are, of course, part of the SEC, which is one of the best conferences in college basketball. Uh, Trayshawn Langdon is now the GM of the New Orleans Pelicans a year after he had the same role with the Long Island Nets. There's also, you know, Elton Brand, who was with the Delaware Bluecoats, now he's with the Philadelphia 76ers. So, yeah, there's talented across the G League that have uh, gone on to uh, do big things. Exactly, exactly. So we're, we're going to talk about uh, some of those people today. And, and hopefully in the future, you know, the, you, the listeners out here can say that, oh, I heard this name on uh, Locked on Wizards podcast, you know, a year or two ahead of the curve. And so when, when you look at uh, what, what the Raptors 905 did a couple of years ago when they won their G League championship and they had a core of, you know, uh, Pascal Siakam and, and uh, Fred Van Vliet, you know, th- th- this, this development stuff really matters and people are realizing that, you know, you can you can develop players and find lots of talented players and, and you know, turn those players into a championship-level team. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And also um, another great example of that are the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Um, they um, they developed uh, uh, Murray and, you know, Derek White down in their uh, dealing affiliate in the Austin Spurs. Actually, Derek White helped uh, lead Austin to a dealing title in 2017-18, and, you know, both of those guys have been uh, doing good things up in uh, San Antonio. So, yeah, uh, the G League has uh, shown the ability to really help um, NBA teams get uh, really to develop really solid role players or even stars like uh, Pascal Siakam. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, this is the, the Locked on Wizards podcast, so we're going to talk about some of the players that the, the Wizards are trying to develop through their G League team, the Capital City Go-Go. And, and one of those players that I wanted to highlight is uh, Chris Chioza. So Chris Chioza is a very interesting player uh, from my perspective because, you know, last year he went undrafted out of the University of Florida, and, you know, he signed an Exhibit 10 contract with the Capital City Go-Go or with the Wizards, and uh, meaning he played with the Go-Go last year. And he had a fantastic season. He, he led uh, the G League in total assists for the season. And, you know, by the end of the year, he earned himself a, a call-up to the Houston Rockets. And, and you know, it, it didn't work out with Houston over the summer. You know, they have a lot of, you know, uh, cap maneuvering that, uh, that uh, uh, my, my guy Daryl Morey is doing. But Chris Chioza, he's proven himself to be a very uh, solid uh, NBA caliber point guard. What, what are your thoughts on Chris Chioza, his season last year, and what do you expect for him coming up this year uh, as a two-way player for the uh, Wizards slash Capital City Go-Go? Uh, last year, Chris Chioza is somebody that struggled a lot during the uh, first month of his um, uh, pro career with the Capital City Go-Go, but as the uh, as the uh, year went on, his numbers improved. He became uh, a lot more efficient uh, for, from beyond the arc to the point of, you know, ending his season shooting 40% from three. Um, I also believe he's one of the best uh, facilitators in um, in the G League. His numbers last year were outstanding from that perspective. And, um, yeah, I 
had a lot of fun uh, watching him develop over the course of uh, last season. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, you know, this year as an actual part of the uh, Washington Wizards roster compared to just being, you know, an affiliate Exhibit 10 guy uh, last year. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what he can do uh, this year. And I think that it's very interesting that uh, that he signed the two-way contract with the Wizards. Um, I I was not I was skeptical of him signing the two-way contract just because of the financial parameters of signing the deal. And he he got to see firsthand how he could make you know just as much if not more money uh, by playing by signing an Exhibit 10 deal and hopefully getting a, 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 an NBA call-up during the 10-day contract season. And so it, it, it surprised me a little bit that he went, ended up taking the two-way contract. But what I really think that he did was he made a decision that, you know, Washington is invested in him and that he sees that he can be a part of this franchise and that it would be better for him to, you know, take that two-way deal and be a part of the franchise and actually, you know, play NBA minutes. And as we saw early in the season before Isaiah Thomas came back from his injury, you know, Chris Chioza was actually, you know, a part of the Wizards rotation, playing backup point guard minutes. So, you know, this is a guy who, you know, he he knows his standing and where he is in the league. And and I'm I'm, I'm just excited the fact that, you know, he signed the two-way deal in general. Yeah, and I think the one of the big reasons why Chio signed to AS is uh, comfortability with the uh, Washington Wizards. You know, he was with the team, you know, last year during training camp, you know, got to understand the um, how the way the organization organization works, the system that the team runs, and, of course, um, uh, you know, with the Capital City Go-Go, they, you know, all daily teams basically run a carbon, carbon copy of what uh, the NBA team team runs, so he had a you know a chance over the course of around around 30 games. Uh, he played with the Go Go before signing with the um, Houston Rockets. He had that time to get a better understanding of how the um, uh, Wizards and Capital City Go Go how their system runs, and I think his comfortability with that, and you know not having learned a new system, not having to you know try to fit in with a new team is one of the big reasons why he decided, you know, to sign a two-way rather than, you know, go an exhibit 10 route. Yeah. I, and I think it really comes down to uh, familiarity. And just like you said, uh, the, I, I can attest because I interviewed uh, a capital city go-go head coach, Ryan Richmond on this very podcast. And, you know, they, they, they do, they run the same stuff that the wizards run. You know, they, there's uniformity across, uh, the, the whole the entire organization when it comes to their playbook and of course you know uh, Ryan Richmond he takes it upon his uh, liberty to you know run different variations of things and, and you know and and trust me Todd Brooks is watching and he, if he sees something that Ryan is doing and he likes you know they, 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 they the Wizards they can take that and run that but I think the the, the uniformity across the organization was definitely an appealing factor for Chris Chioza, and the reason why he decided to you know, to stay within that organization. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy that he's going to be here, and I'm excited to uh, watch him play. But I think that we, we, we just started talking about a conversation that I wanted to dive in a little bit more about the differences between the, the two-way contract and the Exhibit 10 contract, uh, the, the different mechanisms that NBA teams can use to get players to uh, play for their G League affiliates 
And, and I just wanted you, as, as an expert on the subject matter, to, to kind of break down for the listeners, what are some of the main differences between an Exhibit 10 contract and a, a, and a two-way contract? And, and in a hypothetical situation, if you were a player, what contract would you prefer? Um, the biggest the biggest difference between a two way and a, uh, an exhibit ten contract is on a two way, um, while um, a player may spend a lot of, a lot of their um, season in the D League, they can only be called up by one team. So Christiosa can only be called up by the Washington Wizards. Compared to a guy on an exhibit ten deal, uh, while he may be getting um, a bonus from that particular NBA team to spend a certain amount of time. Uh, down in the D League, he can sign with anybody. For example, um, you know Phil Booth, who was with the uh, Wizards uh, during training camp, got signed to an Exhibit Ten. Um, while he will be getting paid to play with the Capital City Go Go at a, at any time, a team like the Bucks, the Suns, Warriors, whomever can uh, sign him up to a uh, a ten day or um, another two-way. Yeah, no, I, and I think that, that that's something that's very interesting to me. And I look at um, uh, the situation last year where you had a guy like Jordan McRae who was on a two-way contract with the Wizards. And, you know, he was by far one of the best players in the G League last year. You know, for, for my money, he, he could have been a G League MVP last year. He was a G League uh, all-star. Um, but, you know, he was a guy who 100% would have been called up by an NBA team during the 10-day contract period because he has such a specific skill set when it comes to scoring the basketball. But because he was on that two-way contract, he could really only sign with the Wizards. And, and that's why I think that you have all different types of, uh, I wouldn't say backdoor deals, but under-the-table under deals that go on between players and agents. And where I knew a guy like Jordan McCray, I just knew that the way – that he performed last year for the Capital City Go-Go on the two-way contract, that the team would reward him with a NBA contract for this season. And so, you know, it's not something they just gave away. He absolutely earned that contract. But I think that, you know, we really have to look at the relationship between the players, the team, and the agents, and determining, you know, who accepts the two-way or who accepts the exhibit ten, or, you know, how all of this stuff works out because you never know what is going on, and, and what type of handshake deals are going on between organizations? Teams use uh, two ways in um, two different ways. Uh, one way is for depth, depth uh, purposes. For example, uh, Washington last year, um, they had Jordan Cray, you know, a veteran, play a lot in the G League, played some in the NBA, play a lot overseas. They wanted him on that two-way deal, you know, just in case somebody gets injured, they have an experienced guy that can come in. Uh, this year, the Brooklyn Nets have uh, Tim Timothy Luwalo Cabrero and Henry Ellenson on their, you know, uh, two-way deals. Both guys spend a lot of time um, um, up in the In comparison, um, there are some... Um, G League teams like the OKC Blue, who have a uh, Lugan Stort, who uh, was a one and done prospect when not drafted. He's um, a developmental option that the um, that the Thunder want to um, uh, train and trying to make his game progress with the Blue before they put him up 
with the OKC Thunder in, you know, 2020-21 or, you know, beyond. Yeah, so just as you said, so some teams can use it as as extra depth. So they use it as literally their, you know, 16th and 17th roster spots. Uh, And, and, you know, those players can absolutely come in and contribute uh, when, when you have injuries or, you know, I know load management is a hot topic in the NBA right now. So let's say you, you want to you wanna load management a, a player and you, or a player or two. You know, you can, you can use your two-way contract players for depth. But then, as you said, other teams could use them as, you know, just, just really try to hide players. You know, you're hiding developmental players. So, you know, a thing of the past used to be the, the draft and stash, you know, and, and now you, you, could, you, you could stash a player, you know, within your own organization and have them in your building working out with your team and, you know, being a part is basically like a, like a nice red shirt year almost. <laughs> yeah. And two-way guys don't, you know, like you said, uh, players on two-way uh, deals are, you know, 16th and 17th uh, roster spots. So they won't, you know, count against the uh, 15-man roster like um, some, you know, past uh, draft and sash guys. So, um and, it really depends on how the uh, that particular NBA team wants to um, uh, plan out their 2019-20 season and how they want to, you know, organize uh, their roster for that year because plans change, you know, um, on a on a year in year out basis. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I, I think that you know this is something that because. The two-way contract is—it uh, has only been around for two years now. I think that this is, you know, a very fluid situation, and that you know, everybody, all these entities. When I talk about the players, the the agents, and the teams, they're all trying to, you know, navigate this in real time. So, you know, it, it'll be forever, forever changing. You know how teams uh, move and how they operate with this. But I think that really, in in the grand scheme of things, big picture here. I think that this only makes the G League better and more entertaining because, you know, you have, you know, uh, NBA players or, you know, young, young developing players who, you know, the, the, the teams can now assign them to their G League franchise and, you know, they're, they're, they're getting good run. They're getting good minutes. And so I know a lot of people say that the biggest part of, you know, development as a basketball player is actually going out there and playing. And so, just as yeah. you said, the uh, the G League season is getting ready to kick off. Uh, who who are some of uh, the players that you are most looking forward to seeing for for this season? We talk about outside of the uh, Go Go roster. Out, outside of the just G League and in general, outside of the Go Go roster. Okay, I have. Let's do. Let's uh, separate it into two categories. Two guys I'm looking forward to seeing, and guys in standard. Okay. Um, Who are some of the two-way guys that you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, one guy I'm really looking forward to watching. I just signed a two-way deal with the um, Orlando Magic a few days ago. Is uh, B.J. Johnson. He uh, he plays college ball at LaSalle, and last year in his rookie year with the Lakeland Magic, he was an outstanding uh, primitive shooter. He's a six-seven forward that shot. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like 43, 44% from three. He got uh, called up towards the end of the season with the um, Atlanta Hawks. He had one good game where he had like 10 points and four from four shooting and three from three from beyond the arc. 
he was, you know, outstanding one that one game. But of course, like a lot of uh, late season call ups, they don't, you know, say what the team want. Um, but other two guys, like a lot of basketball Twitter, I'm looking forward to seeing and what Taco Fall does, uh, both <laughs> with the Boston. Carol pairing with five ten point guard uh Jamon Waters. It could be a lot of fun to watch. Um one <laughs> this is gonna sound really silly, but one um uh set that I really want the main red cross to utilize just for comedic purposes is to basically um you remember a few years ago when uh Nate Robinson was in the G League and he uh ran under the legs of um Eddie Tavares. Right, I do remember that. I want to see the Bay Red Claws do that with um Waters and Taco Fall. <laughs> hey, I I'm right there with you. You know what? I'm sign me up for any uh Taco Fall content for uh from now until eternity. I mean the guy is he, he's just content gold, man. And the biggest thing is that is that he seems to be such a great guy that he, he seems to be deserving of all of this attention and praise that he's getting. Yeah, I, I uh, back when he was in high school, like Bleacher Report did a video video on him, and he wants to be more Steve Jobs than LeBron James. Like he, I don't think he'll be in the NBA line just in terms of the fact that he wants to do a lot more with his life. Uh, than basketball and going from um seven six guy to a five ten player is Chris Clemens who's on a two way deal with the Houston Rockets. Uh, Clemens had a few games actually in preseason where he just tore it up in the you know few minutes that he's in. Dude is just has unlimited range, fantastic handles, and is just a joy to watch, and I am just looking forward to seeing him uh, play uh, with the RGB Vipers because he's on the two-way deal with the Houston Rockets. I think he can be one of the most exciting players in the uh, uh, D-League this season and somebody that you'll a lot of listeners will probably be seeing highlights of um, um, on social media. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I like Clemens. I, you know, I got a chance to watch a couple of those uh, those preseason games you were talking about, and he definitely popped off on the screen. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the Rockets—they're very good at selecting uh, um, um, diamond in the rough talent. You know, I know one of the guys who worked up through their system. He actually used to be a, a wizard, uh, Daniel House. You know, he he, he yeah. played, uh, you know, for the for the uh, for the for the Vipers uh, last year and. You know, he ended up getting called up by the by the Rockets. I think they were definitely high to him for financial purposes. But, you know, this is a guy we're talking about who was in their playoff rotation and is now a starter for them. So, you know, they're, they're, the, the the Rockets are, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a team, the, the Rockets and Slash Vipers, you know, they're, they're teams that, you know, really are, they take this development game very seriously. And, you know, I think that it's something that a, a lot of, uh, uh, basketball fans should probably take notice of. Yeah, in terms of guys that aren't on uh, two deals, I'm kind of going. Uh, there's one rookie that I'm kind of going a little deep on, and that's uh, Rayshon Tucker. Um, he's a six three, six four guard that played with the mid major last year, 
dude is an amazing dunker and also shot uh, better than 40% from beyond the arc. Uh, just based on, you know, that launch, just based on his athleticism and ability to shoot, I think um, he could be a potential uh, call-up uh, two-way candidate. Um, if he does go with the Wisconsin uh, herd, who are the Bucks affiliate, in terms of guys that um, could be potential MVP candidates in the G League, um, there are a few names that come to mind. One is uh, Yasse Mateen, who's going to be with the uh, Made Red Claws, who are the Celtics affiliate. Um, mm-hmm. He put up fantastic numbers last year with the uh, Sioux Falls Sky Force as a two-way guy with the um, Miami Heat. He's available to anything now. He's on an exhibit time contract. Uh, Ray Spalding, who was a part of the Rockets roster uh, last year, uh, funny that we had a little conversation about the Rockets just a few moments ago. Um, he's going to be the RGB Vipers again, in a similar vein to Leontin Mateen as an affiliate player. He's a uh, guy that can really shine on you know both ends of court. He's you know a two-way player. That's not a two-way player if you can uh, kind of understand what I'm talking about. He is really good at protecting the rim. Uh, the Vipers were um, actually he was a. I'm mistaken. He was with the Dallas Mavericks last year, he, and played a lot of the Texas Legends. And with the Legends, the uh, the team was a lot better defensively when he was on on the court compared to off. Good, you know, on off ratio. Um, he's also on the off end, real good passer, uh, solid role man, has a solid uh, mid range mid range touch, and he's only 22, so he still has a lot of upside player, and I think he can really. Uh, Produce well um, this year with the RGB Vipers. And one last player that's not, that's on regular daily contract and can be called up by any team is Walter Lemon Jr. I have been a fan of this guy's game for years, but he really stepped it up a notch uh, last year when he was with the uh, Windy City Bulls. He, his presence basically turned that organization around. They were struggling. Then once Lemon came, the team went on a 12-game winning streak, ended up going to the finals the first time in franchise history. And Lemon is that explosive guard that can get to the rim, at least from the perspective of the D-League, whenever he wanted to. He's also a fantastic facilitator. He averaged like eight uh, assists per game with the Winning City Bulls on the really good assist turnover ratio, and towards the end of the season, um, got called up by Chicago, and honestly, <laughs> was one of the best players at the roster last year, which is not much of a compliment with how, with the way that the uh, Bulls were last year, but I think that Lemon, from my perspective, is the favorite to win uh, uh, G League MVP, and he's a player that fans a lot of fans would really love when they, you know, get a chance to uh, watch him play this year. And he's going to be with the uh, Fort Wayne Maddox, by the way, who are the Pacers affiliate. Okay. And, and I, man, Dakota, man, you, you're really, uh, you're, you're, you're really helping out with the uh, Capital City Go-Go ticket sales here because, I mean, you've just listed a, 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 a thorough list of, of, of players that um, the Washington, D.C. basketball fans can go check out with the Capital City Go-Go, when they play all of these teams that, that are going to come in to their, to their new arena down in uh, southeast Washington, D.C. I mean, the, the same, the home of the uh, 
WNBA champion Washington Mystics. So, you know, you've really just described, like, a a, a lot of guys. Like, I mean, when when Walter Lemon comes into town, like, I mean, people people need to go buy the ticket. If Chris Clemens comes into town, Taco Fall comes into town, I think that, you know, people are going to be excited to go check out some some G League basketball games, man. You're, You're doing a great service here with this thorough scouting report. And one player that I wanted to mention that is going to be in the Capital City Go-Go that I think fans would love, that fans within the D.C. area would love, is uh, Jalen Jones. Um, This is going to be his fourth season, so I guess he's technically a veteran. But um, in his first two seasons in the league, he was one of the league's uh, better forwards due to being a um, potential 2010 guy on a night-in-night-out basis, and he did a lot of that due to athleticism, being able to explode to the rim, uh, get to the free throw line on a consistent basis, and um, he was actually my uh, MVP in the 2016-17 season, when the league was still the uh, D-League. Um, he has had a few stints um uh, he had a two-way stint with the Pelicans in 2017-18, a very brief uh, two-way run with the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, last year before, you know, playing overseas and uh, making uh, make more money than he would as a standard uh, G League player. But I am excited to see what Jalen Jones can do this year, especially working with, you know, such a good uh, facilitator in uh, Chris Chioza. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what Jones can do. And I'm, I'm going to add one more name on top of that who I don't know if a lot of uh, national people know a lot about information about this player. But Garrison Matthews is, a, is the other two-way contract player for the Capital City Go-Go. And when I tell you that I left uh, Wizards training camp thoroughly impressed by his skill set and his ability to shoot the basketball, I, I think that he has a special gift. And the biggest thing for me about Matthews is the fact that he's 6'5". And, you know, I'm going to say, I mean, he's not a sneaky athlete. He's a good athlete. He's a really, he's a really, really good athlete. And, you know, he's more than just a shooter, but he's also a sharp shooter. He's a guy who I watched in, in, in training camp. You know, he, he takes, he comes off the screens and he takes three-pointers. It's like the, it's like, it's almost like a, a Cal Corberish where, you know, he could be leaning to the left, he could be leaning to the right, off balance, one foot, it doesn't matter. If he gets into, you know, his shooting pocket and he gets a good form on it, you know, there's a good percentage chance that shot is going in. So I, I think that he's a player who, you know, uh, a lot of uh, people who cover the G League nationally may not even know about because he uh, went to such a small school, Lipscomb College in Tennessee. And, you know, he was literally the first player to ever play in an NBA game from Lipscomb, but again, he already played an NBA game. He was in the rotation uh, at early in the season while the Wizards were dealing with their injuries to Troy Brown Jr. and C.J. Miles on the wing. Um, Garrison Matthews actually got some playing time then, and so, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. So, you know, when, when we talk about a core of uh, Garrison Matthews and Jell Jones and, and Chris Chioza, along with uh, guys like Admiral Schofield, and uh, Justin Robinson, who are uh, were, were, were second-round drafted and undrafted, respectively, um, the, the Capital City Go-Go uh, uh, look like they might be a formidable opponent uh, for G League teams coming up for this season. Uh, wh- wh- where do you think the Capital City Go-Go will fall 
in the in the pecking order of the power rankings of the G League season so far? And and who are the teams do you think will be at the top of the G League season that the Capital City Go Go will have to you know try to unseat to to get to that level that next level they want to get to? Man, that's a man. That's a really good question. Um, I haven't had a chance to see a lot of the um opening that opening night rosters for these silly teams because <laughs> some some uh, squads haven't released them. That's the time I was uh, started to focus on this uh, interview. But a few teams that come to mind are the Wisconsin Herd. Uh, they have a really solid uh, two way uh, duo in Frank Mason and you know Cam Reynolds. Uh, if you're a college basketball fan, listen to this. You probably know about Frank Mason. He was the uh, Nate Smith College Basketball Player of the Year in, uh, I think, in 2016-17 when he was with Kansas. Uh, Cam Reynolds is a really, really solid uh, 3-and-D forward. Uh, besides that duo, the uh, Herd have um, Dylan Adams, who is an explosive uh, shooter. Um, Rayton Tucker, the player I you know recently mentioned. Are, are the Herd going to have... Uh, uh... Jamario Jones on their roster too, I believe. Yes, they yes they will. Yes they will. That's 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 the player I was thinking about. That's the player that was <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. And man, Jamario Jones is one of my favorite players um, last year. He is such a fun player to watch. He's an unconventional player because he's a six five guard that focuses on rebounding, and he's amazing at rebounding. And he's a uh, really solid defender. And he was able to prove that uh, last year with the LA Lakers when they were, you know, a mess after, you know, LeBron James was off for the season. And I honestly think that uh, Jones is uh, another call candidate just based on his defense and his tremendous ability to snag rebounds for a player's size. Um, aside yeah, from no, the- I, I was impressed. Jamario Jones was also in Wizards training camp. Uh, he was one of their last cuts. So I, I was impressed with him, and I felt like he should have gotten – uh, uh, more of an opportunity to be with the Wizards. But, you know, ro- roster numbers were not in his favor here. But, you know, I knew that, you know, he, 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 went, he went through waivers and he signed, you know, his deal with, uh, with, with, the, with the Bucks, uh, his Exhibit 10 contract to play with the Herd. You know, I, I, I believe in Jamario Jones as a player, and I'm 100% confident that he will get a, an NBA call-up at some point this season. And um, uh, the uh, main Red Claws are no- another uh, dealing team that will be um, that will be really tough to beat. Uh, like I mentioned before, Taco Fall, uh, Chain My Waters. That's going to be a really entertaining uh, uh, two-way duo uh, in themselves. Yancey Mateen, uh who I think can be a candidate for MVP. They also have um. Uh, they're they're also going to have um, uh, rookies like maybe a Romeo Langford uh, coming in from the uh, Boston Celtics, and I think the biggest team to beat in the G League this season are the RGV Vipers, who uh, of course are the affiliates of the Houston Rockets, who we may be talking about that relationship uh, later on in this podcast. But the RGV Vipers, their roster is just outstanding in terms of the G League, especially with um, some of the players that the Rockets have signed to them um, for the the start of the G League season. Uh, Some of the big-time players that they have are uh, counting the assignees are Gary Clark, Jaron Blossom Game, Chris Clements, 
Michael Frazier, Isaiah Hardenstein, uh, Kerwin Roach, who was a really talented player with the Texas Longhorns, uh, Ray Spalding, who I mentioned before, Brandon Sampson, who's a really three, really solid three-day Darius Thornwell, who uh, spent um, his first uh, two seasons with the L.A. Clippers. And Yep. I I did not know that Darius Thornwell was playing for the uh, for the Vipers. That's that, that's news to me. So that that's amazing though. That's a lot of talent. Though. Those are a lot of really good basketball players, talented basketball players. I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm actually scared, but also at the same time, I'm I'm definitely bookmarking the uh, Capital City Go Go uh, uh, Rio Grande Vipers uh, game on on my schedule because it sounds like that's going to be must watch TV. Well, definitely. Yeah. So, all right. So now, now you, you've given me a couple of uh, uh, teams that I should be looking forward to. Uh, I, I, I hate to Actually, do this. I, I forgot about the podcast and its entertainment purposes, but I'm going to have to ask you to make a prediction. If, if from your uh, seat right now, who would you predict to win the 2019-2020 uh, G League championship? It's tough. That's a tough question to answer in November because there's. So many variables in uh, terms of the G League. Like any of any really solid player can get called up at a moment's notice. And with a team like the RGB Vipers to have so much talent, uh, their roster could look totally different on Christmas than it does now. Uh, but I think they're a team that's going to be really tough to beat. Um, a team that I didn't mention in that spiel are the uh, Fort Wayne Mad Ants. I believe had the uh, one of the best uh, backcourt duos with the uh, Walter Lemon uh, Jr., who I mentioned a few moments ago, and also uh, Nas Mitchellon, who has been uh, one of the more consistent, solid um, guards in the G League. You know, with that um, backcourt in itself, I think uh, Fort Wayne can you know go far in the G League. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I'm looking forward to. I, I I got a chance to see the Mad Ants play last year, and you know they they, they definitely play hard. I know that. <laughs> um, I, I I'm looking forward to uh to you know seeing what the what the West Coast teams could do. Uh, you know you, you have the the Santa Cruz team. Uh, you know that that, that was a team that uh, Kendrick Nunn played on last year, and it was crazy that you know, I talked to a lot of uh, uh my G League contacts. And, you know, a lot of people were, are, are kind of surprised that a guy who didn't even start for his G League team last year is able to come out and, you know, drop drop 20 and 30 points in, in NBA games. So it, it, it's, it's that, that, that I think that really goes to the statement of what we were talking about earlier about, you know, how there is so much talent spread throughout the G League. And, and you really never know where the talent is going to come from. And, 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 and it really also goes to the fact that a lot of these, you know, uh, uh, jobs when it comes to professional sports really depend on fit. So, you know, you, you have guys who get within organizations like a Chris Chioza, and, you know, he likes it here because it's a good fit for him. And, you know, this, this is a place where, you know, he can probably bank out a good career for three or four years, uh, you know, just by, by being here and being loyal to the franchise and the franchise being loyal to him. It's a, you know, a mutually beneficial relationship. So uh, uh, if you had to pick right now, who do you think would be uh, the, the surprise player to come out of the G League this year and maybe not have an impact this year, 
but maybe who 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 would be the next Kendrick Nunn in your in your in your uh, in your best guess? A guy who not a lot of people are talking about. This is just a guy you 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 watch G League games and you think is very talented. And you know maybe if he gets in the right position, he might be able to do something one day too. Are we talking about guys that are on two A's or available to any NBA team? Um, I'm going to talk guys that are available to any NBA team because as we as we talked about in this podcast, the two way guys are already you know they're already married to their NBA franchises, so it, 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 it's it's no point of looking for diamonds in the rough when you know they already you know technically have their rights. Uh, belong to another franchise. A, a guy who 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 is not on a two way. Who you know some some NBA and, and you know you know what's crazy about this Dakota is that every year it's always going to be somebody. We don't we may not know who it is, but there's always going to be a player who nobody knows who's going to come out of nowhere and you know maybe could do something. Okay, guys. Um, I mentioned. Let's go uh, rookies and guys that have experience. In re- regards to um, rookies, talk about guys that are on standard dealer contracts so they can be picked up by anybody. Um, he's currently injured uh, right now, but I eventually think that when he's healthy and playing, he could be a- an immediate stud at the G League level, and that's a uh, center uh, Sagaba Kanate. I think I just butchered his name, but he was a really solid uh in college with the uh with West Virginia was one of the best shot blockers, one of the best overall defenders in uh college basketball. He's a six nine, two forty, two fifty pound a uh big who has shown an ability to go up to the perimeter and defend against, you know, Johnny Guards, but also um solid post up threats, able to, you know, snag off its rebounds and before he suffered a season-ending injury, he started to knock down three-pointers at a consistent rate. It was a small sample size, but I'm optimistic that he can, you know, do it at at the NBA level because he's always been a really solid uh, free throw shooter. So the mechanics are there in regards to Sagaba. I mentioned earlier Rayshon Tucker. I'm a big fan of his game. I think he can do a lot uh, with the Wisconsin Herd. Um, uh, somebody, two players that are going to be playing with each other on the Austin, Austin Spurs this year, uh, Dedrick Lawson and Dalton Holmes. Uh, Dedrick Lawson is probably a well-known name to fans that watch uh, college basketball because he was an elite player last year with the Kansas Jayhawks. He's a really smart, well-rounded offensive player, solid shooter, able to, you know, um, get to the rim. Uh, Dalton Holmes, he is a guy that played uh, with a small D2 school, and it was known as Point Loma. Uh, Holmes is going to be one of the most intriguing players to keep an eye on over the course of the G League season to see how his game can uh, transfer from D2 to the NBA. He was an outstanding shooter in D2 play. He shot 44% from the on the arc, I believe. Uh, really solid um, um, athleticism for a uh, D2 uh, 6'6 wing. I think he could be a potential call candidate. And, um, and D2 guys over 
of course, the last few years, uh, funny enough, have been getting more NBA opportunities. Over the past few years, we've seen guys like uh, uh, Dylan Morris, who was signed by the Hawks in 2017-18, was on a two-way deal with uh, Milwaukee last year. Uh, Hayward Highsmith, um, he spent some time on uh, the Philadelphia 76ers roster as a uh, to a player uh, last year in 2018-19, so we're seeing we're seeing a lot more to uh, former D2 guys produce at the D League level and eventually um, get called up to the NBA. And in regards to this season, I think Dalton Holmes is has the best chance, along with the guy uh, Amir Hinton, to be with the next team uh, as a former Division Two players that will have the uh, best shot best chance of maybe uh, sticking on an NBA team uh, this year. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think that, I think those are all very good names. And you know what? I, I think that, honestly, Dakota, the listeners to the Lockdown Wizards podcast have just gotten a lot smarter when it comes to basketball today. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you it, it's, very, it's very evident that, you know, you have an expertise when it comes to uh, G League basketball. And, and you know, I think like like as we've been talking about throughout this podcast, you know, th- th- this is the future of professional basketball uh, in America, and you know, the G League is going to be here to stay, and it only keeps getting better and better. And so you you've really laid out you know a, a group of players, a group of teams uh, that, that that the fans can get behind and 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 really support when it comes to uh, uh, getting into G League basketball. So I, I really want to just thank you for for taking the time out to to come on and and talk about it. And it really, I want to ask you, how, how did you get into the love of G League basketball? Man, it goes all the way back to 2012, the fall of 2012. After I graduated from high school, I've always had a love for uh, writing. Going back to when I was when I was in middle school, I actually wrote, uh, when I was like 11, 12, I wrote some, uh, really, some uh, movie scripts that I'm kind of embarrassed when I, when I think past uh, to that point. But um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do after graduating high school, like, you know, a lot of people do. And I've always had a love for writing and have always had a love for basketball. And I kind of kind of thought at that point that, okay, there's so many people that are trying their hands at NBA writing, whether, you know, they're working at that point, more people were actually working for newspapers or, you know, um, big time, um, big time NBA sites like, you know, ESPN or, you know, there are a lot of more team blogs at the point, you know, SI and all those places where, you know, still working um, in full years. I thought, Maybe I can maybe I can find a niche. Maybe I can find my own niche. And I kind of discovered um, it was the D League at that point. And I actually at that point I had a past relationship with the D League because back uh, when I was in ninth grade, there was this website called uh, UCaster where people. It's kind of it was kind of revolutionary at that point. It was in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And people could do like live um, uh, streaming podcasts. They could do like live little radio shows, and also like do. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I, how 
legal how legal it was at that point, but they could also do like uh pretend to do like live play by play for, you know, different games that were going on. <laughs> and that, that's, uh, that's I, did, amazing. <laughs> I did play by play games of uh D League games. The streaming service at that time was on the actual site. Did move over to YouTube for another uh few years now it's on Facebook, ESPN Plus, all those services. Um I did play by play games for four way Madden's game. I forgot who who they were playing against, but it was a four way Madden's game and I believe that a player on the opposing team was um Antoine Walkers. So it might have been the Idaho Stampede who have uh since uh moved away. But I was doing a four way Madden's game, four way Madden's and I believe Idaho Stampede game back when I was like fourteen years old. Uh, and that's when I kind of started to know what the uh, D League was because my only um, my only uh, exposure to that league was like on old uh, older versions of like NBA 2K, um, like in the my player mode. Uh, at that time, like players would go uh, play with uh, uh, D League teams, and that and doing like play by play games or my exposure to the D League then. Then after I graduated high school in uh, 2012, I looked at the D-League again and saw that the games are going to be streaming live on YouTube, that more te- more teams are coming in, and I thought, maybe I can start doing this. And it's been, wow, it's been seven years, and I'm still doing it. So I guess uh, something about the uh, D-League has caught on to me that I'm still doing it. Seven years later, which is crazy in my mind. I'm 25, so I've spent a lot of my life uh, writing about the G League. But you know what? That's uh, one of my favorite books is uh, Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 Hours. And so he says that in order to be a uh, Malcolm Gladwell's outlier, and in the book he, ta- he talks about how in order to be an expert on any subject matter, you have to really spend about 10,000 hours. And so it sounds as if you put in your your work your ten thousand hours, and you know this is this is why that you're considered to be an expert when it comes to G League basketball. And so you're one of the very talented people who are surrounding the G League game. So you know I'm 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 sure that you know you're doing it for the passion, but this will obviously lead you to to very great things. And so our listeners will be very fortunate to have listened to you uh, early on in your career. And uh, I greatly, like I said, I appreciate you for coming on. I appreciate you for for having the passion that you do about uh, G League basketball. And, you know, it, it makes a difference. And, I, shoot, I hope to have you on again uh, so we can we, we can do, like, a, a mid-season review or end-of-season review. You know, let's, let's have you be the, 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 the G League expert of the Locked On Wizards podcast. I would, I would absolutely, absolutely love to be back on uh, the show. I've had a great, been a lot of fun talking G League ball with you. Um, actually, G League writing is a lonely experience because it's there's not that community uh, like NBA Twitter. So any time to talk about uh, the G League on a podcast is always a pleasure, and I've had a lot of fun tonight. Yes, yes. So, Dakota, I want to give you an opportunity right now to kind of uh, plug your work and let the listeners know where they can find you uh, on social media 
and where they can find your writing? Uh, my personal Twitter account is at Dakota underscore Schmidt. I do some uh, daily tweeting um, on there. I tweet a lot about the uh, Bucks because they're my favorite um, NBA team. So <laughs> there's a lot of nights where I'm just um, just getting all giddy and excited about whatever Giannis is doing or whatever. And I also do like uh, a lot of uh, personal tweets as somebody that's dealt with uh, depression for a lot of my life. But so yeah, at the code underscore Schmidt, uh, personal at Reedick, R-I-D-I-C, upside on uh, Twitter if you, if you want to follow the site. I manage uh, that um, that uh, Twitter account there. So if you want to follow me, uh, personal, it's at Dakota underscore Schmidt. For G League uh, thoughts, it's at R-I-D-I-C, upside, Reedick, upside on Twitter. I am, and that that's fantastic, man. So all of you listening to the Locked On Wizards podcast, you go find, you go follow uh, Dakota and follow Ridiculous Upside, and and just expand your your basketball palette, expand your knowledge, and 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 just get smarter as fans, so that we can all have smarter discussions on the internet. I, I, how does that sound to you, Dakota? That sounds great. <laughs> all right, man. I appreciate you for coming on, man. And we're we're going to reconvene and do this sometime again in the future. Well, definitely. All right. Thank you, Dakota. Anytime. Like Gilbert Arenas, now I'm chilling back, giving advice. I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price. They see that I'm taking, they try getting pants. Label money, I just tell in advance. I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance. She just trying to have me up in the trance. I'm in a stripper like fuck it. They just trying to make some bucks. Love when I slap down my ones, but it bounced like a ball when I struck it. So if you ever see a real nigga like me, just let them live and just be how it be. Go to the club with them two and you'll see. With a J, we'll be on the same team. I wanna ball like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girl shooting shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams, now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean, coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net, girl shooting shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams, now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean, coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.